All right. So uh, we are on Collins Conversations. Normally the guest would introduce themselves, but the guest has been on the show before. We have J.L. Rayner. He's going to be talking about his new venture, 105 Publishing, and we're going to try to get as much author content out of this next 45 minutes to hour that we can. Jason, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? How are you doing? Everything is, is fantastic. And uh, it only took us like 15 minutes. Jason is not not keen on technology. Technology. No, um, not at full, all. Full disclosure, the reason I know this is Jason is a client of Colin Can Help. Uh, we've helped put, put together websites and a whole bunch of other things for 105, but this isn't sponsored by 105. So feel free to look at their website. I made it. It's so sometimes it works. So I, I think it's doing pretty well for you. What's it been like uh, starting 105 in the last year? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I, I'm going to have to start with you. Um, not only thank you for having me on the show again, but also thank you for what you've done for 105. My very first step um, prior to um, starting the LLC, you know, through the LLC um, office and all that was to then create a website. Um, and so I came to you right away um, after dealing with you as an author and you put a amazing website together. Um, literally 99% of people love the website. I think I told you about the one person who said, it looks like I'm trying to look too much like Gucci on, on the website. I, that was a very interesting critique. Uh, but, but, other than, but other than that, everyone has loved the website. So I just want to thank you for really being a huge part of getting it all started. Um, but it's, it's been a blessing. Um, it's truly uh, been a calling. I didn't know was a calling. Um, I've had the opportunity to quit my job and just completely work for myself, 105, and bringing authors' books to life has been really rewarding. And um, it's honestly, it's it's just been fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, let's bring it all the way back. 105 Publishing is the name. Uh, I know where the name started, but let everybody know uh, kind of what was the origin? Why did you name your company 105 Publishing? So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up on 105th Street in Brooklyn. And so it was only right that I uh, kept kept my roots in the name of my company. So um, that had had to call it 105. I grew up on 105 in Flatlands. I thought about Flatlands Publishing, but I was like, that just doesn't even sound catchy at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I went with 105. Yeah, if you're going to go Flatlands, I'd say like FL Publishing or something. But I, I like 105, and the, the logo is kind of uh, reminiscent of a, a street sign of you know it's, you got the green, the, the the same type of font that you'd see, and uh, Brooklyn man. But you've uh, recently made the move down to Austin. What can you tell us the differences yes. of life in Brooklyn and life in Austin? Well, let me let me uh, add a add a uh, state in there. Um, lived in Toledo in the middle of those two, Toledo, Ohio. And so the transition from New York to Ohio to Austin, it's almost like Austin, believe it or not, is a great combination of New York City's big city and Ohio's way more friendly than New York. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, uh, we just found out the other day that they are building 40 more skyscrapers in Austin, which is just bananas because i'm not sure where they're going to fit all of them allegedly they're building 40 more um and so austin i kid you not give it the next decade it's gonna be uh, a city to yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be one of the largest cities only fifty thousand people away from a million um so it's it's like austin is just booming um it's very accepting 
Um, it's, it's surprisingly uh, liberal for it to be in Texas. I do not know how Texas allows Austin to exist, honestly, um, <laughs> because it's, it's extremely uh, diverse and just accepting of all people, religions. Uh, I, these are the most hippies I've seen in my life. I will say that. <laughs> I say, if you go to certain parts of New York City, you will you will see uh, your hipsters and stuff like that. But here, it's like it's like capital. Like, like it's <laughs> interesting. It's just a very different vibe. Excellent. And what what made uh, it the right move to go to 105? I mean, go go all the way down to Austin. Um, you know, Austin. I had visited one time, and I said this. I really like this city. It it had enough slowness and a and enough speed for me to to really fall in love with. Um, Toledo was just a bit slow uh, for me, and I think had I lived in a Cleveland or a Cincinnati, I probably would have a different opinion about Ohio. But I just had to get the heck out of Toledo, and so Austin just felt like that uh, that right place to be. So. It's been a great move, and I, I don't regret it at all. Absolutely. Nobody wants to live in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> Toledo like, other than on, like, MASH, where they, the one dude was from Toledo and gave Toledo a lot of praises. That, like, there's no yeah. reason to go to Toledo. <laughs> unless you have to, like, stop on your way to Detroit or something. And you just have right, to, like, exactly. there's a couple of good restaurants and things, but I, I would never yeah. want to live there. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit more about um, the process of 105. Um, I, I believe it got started because of uh, somebody who was trying to get over on you as an author and it kind of inspired you, but yeah. kind of what made it into a company and kind of what's bringing customers there? So what I love about the question with that is when you and I first met, this was around the time when I started to realize that my publisher um, were potentially crooks. Um, so at that time, um, there were sales that I knew that I made that they were telling me, well, we're not getting any documentation that you're making these sales, but I had physical people to show with my book in their hands that, yeah, I bought this from Amazon. Um, so after attempting to we're weird as human beings. Like sometimes when we know something is wrong, either we try to ignore it or hope that we're completely wrong. And so I ignored it for months and months that like, okay, maybe they'll pay me next quarter or maybe they'll pay me next month or, and eventually I said, okay, where's my money? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so believe it or not till today, I still haven't gotten paid anything in royalties. And it took me a solid two and a half months just to get out of the contract because you had to contact the representative from their publishing company in order to get out of contract. And so when they saw my emails, they would say things like, oh, I thought we sent it to you already. We'll send it just in a second. Another two weeks go by. Oh, we'll send it to you here in a second, right? So I had to keep on harassing and harassing. Essentially, I sounded like one of the uh, bill collectors back in the day when they used to call and harass people. And finally, I got out of the contract. So once I got out of the contract, someone had recommended to me that you know, you should probably just start your own publishing company so that you could publish your books from now on, because this first book is not going to be your only one. And so after starting the company, I got to thinking, this was January of 2020, I got to thinking, maybe I should make this bigger than just publishing my own books, because I actually understand the process from beginning to end. 
of how to publish your book, whether it's uh, self-publishing or or traditional. I, I understand both sides. So why not use this company to help other people bring their books to life without a catch? And I also learned from that publishing company, who I'm not going to name, out of the Atlanta, Georgia area, um, who screwed me over. I actually learned from them because had that not happened to me, honestly, I, I, I don't think I would be as effective as I have been, right? right. As far as putting the team together, as far as uh, how Patricia and Byron are helpful and how um, we have our illustrators and our marketing people and our book cover design, I wouldn't really know how to organize that in a way that is been, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I had to go through the nonsense. Right. in order to build the company that I have today. Um, so it, it, it's, um, although it was a frustrating time dealing with that, and it is frustrating thinking to myself, they still haven't paid me any royalties, it was beneficial in the long run. Gotcha. And you mentioned uh, self-published versus traditional. Uh, 105, you're kind of like the intermediary of, of both of those two, right? You kind of, you can do all the publishing or if you just need pieces, parts and still want to self-publish that people go to you as, as well, right? Yeah. People, um, I actually had one author recently who actually said, I've actually never met a company like you um, because either you have the traditional publishers where they look at your manuscript, they believe in you, they take you on and then they get a majority, a large majority of your royalties when they sell your books, or you have a self-publisher where we're just gonna help you bring your book to life and then good luck. So we did a mixture of this is your book, you get 100% of your royalties and we are still going to help you after we publish your book. So when we were in Philadelphia, there was a lady who came up and said, oh, wow, these are all your books. I'm like, no, no, these are, these are our author's books. And she said, okay, so where are the authors? I'm like, well, no, we're the publishing company. We are representing our authors and selling their books. Oh, okay, well, how much do you get off of that? Uh, no, all of our authors keep 100% of the royalties. She's like, I never heard of this. <laughs> like, what? I've never seen a publishing company representing their authors at a live book event. Like, what are you doing? So honestly, we've, we've created something that's not normal. Gotcha. And... Uh... One of the questions that are often asked by, onto the internet about publishing um, are publishing costs. What are a couple of hidden costs of uh, publishing that a lot of people might not be thinking of if they're out there writing their manuscripts? So a couple things you want to consider. Um, you do want to, uh, and I always tell people this, I'll use Amazon as an example. You can get a free ISBN through Amazon, right? You don't have to pay for one. But the problem with that is, is that if you get a free ISBN through Amazon, that ISBN can only ever be used on Amazon. When you purchase your own ISBN, that goes with you. That goes with your book and with you to any other site you bring your book to, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, whatever it is, that ISBN comes with you. So that's an expense you definitely want to consider. Another expense that you definitely want to consider is your official U.S. copyright. Now, some people like to add the copyrights page without paying for their actual official copyright certificate. And the best way I can describe that 
is like having the ADT sign in the yard, but not having ADT in your home. Okay. So chances are someone is not going to take your entire manuscript and say, this is my book. However, if they do, it is good to have that backing because then you you do have that official certificate saying, hey, this is my work and you should not be using it without my permission. Um, those are two of the big things I think people, um, self, self-published self authors uh, don't realize that they really shouldn't skip. Um, not not so much with um, any anything hidden, but another misconception is, and I've seen this before in Facebook groups, um, oh, I edited my own manuscript, so um, I don't need to pay an editor. I'm good to go. Your number one fan is generally always you. I remember when I wrote my manuscript and I gave it to my editor and she sent it back and I joked with her saying, you had to have added these sentences because I do not write that terrible. <laughs> right? yeah. Because when you read your own work over and over and over and over again, there are things that get blended in, right? So if you're going to spend money on anything, right? You can teach yourself how to do a book cover, book cover design. You can teach yourself, you can teach yourself how to illustrate a book. You can teach yourself many other things, but the one thing you can't teach yourself is how to be perfect. So all self-published authors, please get yourself an editor because if you don't, your readers will be able to tell. Yeah, just uh, I have an ADT sign and I don't have ADT. (laughs) 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 I was doing a a yard job the other day and uh, there's an ADT company put in this big security system across the street and the yard I was doing a mulch job at had a broken old fucked up sign and I was like, oh, look, you guys were over here a few years ago, it looks like. He's like, yeah, you want a new sign? I was like, yeah, and he gave me two. I was like, we'll put one up in my house, too. (laughs) (laughs) But look at that. I'm talking about you. (laughs) But, I mean, it's it's the same as you said. Like, I I do a lot of writing, and I do a lot of paid writing. And where you kind of said the same thing of, in your head, you know what you meant. So the same way, like, you see all those memes where a couple words are out of place, and it says, go back Mm -hmm. and read the second word. And you go, oh, I just filled that in. Like, you know what you're trying to say, so when you're reading it, that would happen having more eyes look at it or not even if you don't want to pay an editor to find a couple of people that are doing beta reading or stuff like that could be a real beneficial way just to get feedback or because yeah. you know maybe chapter two you thought was good but in reality it doesn't really mean anything to anybody correct absolutely and uh you guys are doing a lot of children's books it sounds like you're open to all genres all, all stories everything right Yes, yes, absolutely. We do, um, believe it or not, uh, and I also had to call an author out on this. I remember someone told me, oh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter what I wrote about. As long as I'm paying you, you're going to take me on, right? Nah. (laughs) Time is way more valuable than money. And I um, I always share this story because I just just remember it uh, so so vividly. Um, One of our editors, Megan, she had gotten a uh, manuscript for um, a free consultation. So what we do is do a free consultation. We look over your first two chapters and we write a review based on any grammatical punctuation errors that we see along with your overall flow as an author. And so 
um, she called me and she said, Jason, I don't know what the heck this guy is talking about. His story is not really that interesting. And I don't even understand what he's trying to get at. So I said, okay, well, say that professionally. <laughs> um, so I read his review to him and he like hates our guts, some guy in the, the UK somewhere. Um, so I, I say that to say, yes, we do any genre, but we don't just deal with any type of writing. Um, if that makes sense. So it, it has to it has to be entertaining enough for us to bring it on. And uh, tell me about the publishing process with you guys. Somebody sees you presumably on the internet or however else you're advertising. Um, they get a free consultation, you said. And uh, tell us about the process. What's it like as, as an incoming author to 105? So very first step, a lot of our authors, they fill out the publisher book form. Um, once we get that notification, we respond to their email right away. And then we say, hey, when's a good time for you to talk? In that first conversation, I want to get to know the author. I want to get to know uh, not only about them, but about their book and not just about their book, but what motivated them to write their book. OK, after we talk about that, I'll say, OK, that does sound interesting. Or, or even if it's if it's something that maybe I'm not personally into. Right. Like, for example, um, we all like our genres, right? I'm not into fantasy. Like you, you really can't get me to, to, <laughs> to read a fantasy book. I'll be honest with you, you can't. And I edit books, but when it comes to fantasy, I have certain editors who prefer fantasy. So I make sure I send it to them. Um, and so if it's something that I know for certain, there's an editor who um, would do well with this manuscript. I then say, okay, send us your first two chapters only in a separate Word doc or a PDF, attach it to this form. And then we will take uh, max 48 hours to get you back your review. So after that review, um, we then call them generally underneath the 48 hours. And we have that conversation with them, go over pricing. Uh, pricing is definitely cheaper than your standard editors. I'll use editing as an example. Um, standard, many editors charge as much as eight, nine cents a word. Um, and we are generally nowhere close to that. However, the way that we do it is based off of other manuscripts that we have done and how long that has taken us before. So we mainly focus on hourly, but we do compare it to a word count as well. Right. So once we have all that um, listed for the authors, so we have the editing, formatting, book cover design, ISBN barcode, copyright. We add their book to the 105 bookshelf. We also take all of our authors books to live events on a quarterly basis. Once we get all of that and we have our pricing, then we get started with the children's book. We're talking max of 30 to 45 days to get a draft. And for your uh, traditional novel, or something like that, um, we're talking max of 45 to 60 days to get a draft. Now we never take that long, but it's just the max number that we give. Um, once they get their manuscript back or their illustrations back, they then have the opportunity to look it over and we give unlimited revisions. So there's some companies and there's some uh, editors and, and illustrators who say you have three revisions or I think the most I've seen was five, revisions after that you guys start paying me we do not do that at this current time uh, we want to make sure that our author absolutely loves the product that we're putting out for them um 
And so once that part is done, that's when we do things like assign the ISBN and barcode, um, get their Library of Congress numbers so that they can have their books in the libraries, and of course, do the official U.S. copyright. Once that's done, we then upload it to primarily KDP Amazon, and um, we also have an account with Apple Books for our authors, and then our Barnes Noble account is about to get approved soon and we'll also be doing google play books as well so we get our authors books on as many sites as possible and then from there they are always a part of the 105 family we'll always represent them in some sort of way whether it's in a post whether it's at an event or a an interview like this they will always be part of the 105 family that there's a perfect segue into a segment that we do often on the show called name dropping I don't think we did this in your original interview because I didn't really have any internet connections to all the stuff that you were doing. But um, yeah, the idea behind the segment is I'm going to say a name that's somewhere uh, how you are tied to on the internet and you're going to tell me who they are, how you know them and any good stories about them or anything else that we should probably know about them. Um, the first person on the name dropping with you is going to be who is Sasha Blaine? Sasha Blaine, uh, her book is uh, coming out um, about Professor Ping and him going to Mexico. And let me tell you something, that that has been, that children's book has been uh, one of our favorite books to work on. Um, I learned, and this is always a, a great, a great, great um, thing. I learned a lot from reading her book and that, that educated me on Mexican culture, especially living in Texas and having stuff like Mexican restaurants and, and having neighbors who, um, who are Mexican, like it taught me a lot about the culture. Um, so I am so happy I met Sasha as she is such a fantastic person. <laughs> um, let's see, you want a sneak peek at her website? Yes. Because uh, Colin Can Help has recently done professorpingbooks.com. Um, it's still, Did, okay. it's about one, one or two revisions away from being complete. Okay, all right. Uh, you can see my screen now, I hope, right? Yeah, I sure. The font. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Explore with Professor Ping. Wow. There he goes. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. And then we over here on the side, we have a little fancy menu. Instead of doing that basic stuff up top, kind of yeah. similar how, how your website works. Mm-hmm. Get to know the real Professor Ping. Yeah, that's amazing. And then we got uh, for the actual book, Professor Ping. It was pretty. It's I believe it's supposed to be. What's the what age group is that supposed to be for? Do you know? It's it's younger, isn't it? Yeah. Um. She, she actually wants it to go as high. It it actually can go into high school, honestly. Um, yeah. Because it is that in depth as far as the amount of information that you get, um, but primarily middle school um, is is the uh, preferred um, age range eight, nine, ten. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was such a such a good good book. Um, honestly, and, and everybody should should really check that book out. Very very educational and detailed. So yeah, that, that, that's your uh, your sneak peek of the day. I'm not quite finished yet, but it's coming together pretty well. Yeah. 
let's see the uh the next one um who should we do you have so many names that we could shout out because you guys <laughs> do such a good job like you said kind of talking about people already um let's go with uh you mentioned her earlier um what can you tell us about your business partner uh patricia patricia has literally been uh my rock when it comes to literally everything with 105. Backstory about Patricia, her and I were actually co-workers um, and I showed her what I did on the side with 105 Publishing and she is a very, very educated woman. And so to have her come on the team initially as an editor um, and then grow from there to where she's actually talking to authors and bringing them on um, has truly been a blessing. I will say it was it was weird for me initially, um, and I don't know if this makes any sense. It was like my baby first walking away without holding my hand. Like there are about three authors that she has worked with from beginning to end that I have actually never spoken to. <laughs> and when you start a business, that's how it's supposed to go. Like like uh, I don't know if this is too much of a, a drastic example, but um, you know. Uh, Steve Jobs is not going to meet everyone who who bought a <laughs> who bought a MacBook, right? So eventually, like you know, it was it was going to direct away from me meeting everybody because I'm so used to talking to all of our authors. But she has been an absolute blessing, and I, I couldn't do a lot of this without her. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, uh, since she is a what, two-time graduate of University of Toledo, hopefully she doesn't. <laughs> yes. Hopefully she doesn't hate our comment about nobody wants to be in Toledo for too long. <laughs> and, and she was born and raised in Toledo. So yeah, she, <laughs> but she understands. It happens. She should understand yeah. that comment better than anybody then. Right. Uh, let's go into the next one. Uh, we'll, we'll stick within the 105 family. Who is Byron Graves? So Byron, I actually went to college with. Um, he is the third owner of 105 Publishing. So there's this uh, three-way ownership with 105. And we were bouncers together at the club at Clazelle in, in downtown Bowling Green. Um, and so we threw people out together and now we are <laughs> now we are in business together um, yet again. So uh, yeah, Byron has, has been absolutely great. He's, um, he primarily does his thing. He's actually the, uh, the head manager at uh, Chipotle in Bowling Green. So that's his primary function. Um, and so with us, he's kind of like, Hey, I believe in you. Keep it going. If you need help at all, just let me know. But Byron has been fantastic too. So I'm happy to have him on the team. And I'm going to throw a wild card out here for you for the, for the last one of name dropping. I'm going to let you pick the last one, one person, uh, within the 105 family author or anybody else attached to him. Who else would you like to add in your name dropping? So I want to shout out Andre Norrells and Lakeisha Norrells. I want to shout them out because I actually, uh, Andre and I were coworkers and he took a leap just like I took a leap. We both worked at the same toxic environment that was only going to keep us nothing but toxic. And so we understood that there was more to life than looking forward to a dollar and two cents raise every year, right? Um, and then working for the the terrible people that that we that we did work for. Um, so 
I want to shout them out because when they saw that I had the publishing company, it motivated them to write a book. And their book is called Raising Hope about their adoptive daughter named Hope. And their book was our first number one new release seller out of the three that we've had thus far. Um, so it, it, it was just very moving for me to know that they, not only because we were friends, but they gave us the opportunity of bringing their book to life and moving, motivating them enough to write a story, which they weren't comfortable with doing initially. Um, and it, it turned out, I mean, fantastic. So we'll be at the same event in Dallas in December. And, um, and I just, I, I gotta thank them because it was, it was, you know, the friendship still goes on and the, uh, you know, we'll just have more books come into life. You mentioned a uh, bestseller, which is every publisher and author's dream. I guess not nearly yes. as much as you for you than them if they keep hundred percent of the royalties. But um, when I've worked with authors for marketing, what an author thinks they should price a book at and what I think they should price a book at is never even close. Um, as a publisher, as an author, uh, what can you give people as, as advice for um, setting the price of, of a book, whether it's ebook, audiobook, or hard copy? So I think that when it comes to pricing your book, a couple of things to keep in mind is as a self-publishing author, as a self-published author, you want to know what your competition is pricing at, right? And so I'll give you a prime example. I went to a book festival in Chicago and this person was wondering why their children's book, which was about the same amount of pages as the children's books we've done, why it wasn't selling. Um, and I overheard them. So I went around, went to this particular table and I, and I read their book. I'm like, oh, it's an interesting concept. How much is your book? Oh, it's $40. <laughs> when you have these other 15 tables selling their books at $10, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Sometimes, and I, I get it. I get that he felt as though his book was worth $40. But my goodness, I think you can pick up a Harry Potter book cheaper than that, <laughs> right? Um, so the main thing you want to pay attention to is your expenses. Um, so if you know, for example, that it costs $3.50 per book to print your book, in my mind, this is what I tell authors all the time, attempt to at least double your money, at least double your money, okay? And so if you know that it's going to be $3.50 per book, or that's how much Amazon is taking out after they get their percentage, you want to make sure you try your hardest to double that. Or if you order books on bulk, right? Let's say you order 200 books and it costs you $3, okay? You know, if you sell your book at $10, you're making that $7 come up, right? So I would say pay, really pay attention to what your expenses are when it comes to pricing. Because believe it or not, I actually have more authors who want to sell their book at $5.99, at $6.99. I'm like, I, I get where you're coming from, but once you do the math, you're making like 50 cents, right? So we want to be a little bit smart there. So um, definitely look at your competition, uh, look at their pricing, and then that'll get you a better sense of, okay, why well, people will pay this much for the type of product I put out. I totally get what you're saying and agree with it and have my own theory as well. 
for a hard copy, I think your, your logic has to be different. But what I've recommended to so many yes. authors, because you have to think of, I don't know the exact number. I want to say somewhere between 1500 and three grand to publish a book and to do it properly, um, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, so everybody thinking like they do with the $40 book, fuck, dude, I put three grand in this project. I think it's great. I put my life into this. It's worth $50. Initially, I think every ebook should be a dollar. Why? You're going to make 60 cents, 45 cents, something like that after Amazon takes everything. Like you right. said, kind of sucks. But if you're just coming out the gate, you have no experience, you have no bestsellers, you have no real reputation. Why am I going to give you $12 for your book, $10 for an ebook? I don't have a tangible copy. I just have something that I have access to on my screen, my Kindle, what have you, but at a dollar for your first 10 sales, $1.50 for your next 10 sales. Keep going up 50 cents or a dollar, whatever your increment is, once you get social proof, because those first 10 people, if you have 15 people that really care about you on social media, hey, I just published my book. It's only a dollar for the first X amount of time. You, you get that call to action that makes it seem like this is a limited time deal, great product right here, dollar right now. Get people to go, but tell them to leave a review. You know the power of reviews, the, testimonials the more good things people are saying <laughs> as me reading yes. and i want to see well what what is it about this professor ping character why is he interesting oh this guy here says he learned more about it in mexico in this book than he did in four years of high school so you start seeing right. things like that then once you get five reviews 10 reviews 20 reviews whatever number it is then that 10 15 20 mark for your book it makes sense um opposed yeah. to coming out the gate at ten dollars twenty dollars whatever yeah It'd be great to get a whole bunch of money selling them 10, 15 bucks a pop, but it's easier to sell 10 people at a dollar than it is to sell one person on $10 until everybody's getting it. Then you're like, oh, I want to know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you make a lot of good points. Um, we always tell people to make sure that they sell their ebook cheaper than their physical, of course. Um, and so it's, you know, it you do want people to read your book, but you also want them to feel as though they're getting a good deal, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, when we sell um, our author's books at events and things like that, um, generally our, the barcode, what's, what's on the uh, barcode is higher than what we're selling it for. Um, and there's some psychology in there. I'm sure you've, you've you know, read that of you see it for $14.99, but oh, so I'm saving $4.99 today if I buy it today, right? You know. Um, and so that's one of the things we do talk to our authors about is the psychology um, behind um, making sales. Uh, but, you know, it, for the most part, we don't have an issue when I, when I suggest a price to them of what they should probably price their book at. Um, and I, what I find the most fascinating is although we do not get any percentage of their sales, what has worked the most marketing wise, and you're the marketing person here, what has worked the most marketing wise is, wow, this is an amazing book. Who put this together? Right? When they see the 105 publishing in about three different places throughout the book. Um, and so I had looked up different strategies. You and I had talked about uh, marketing uh, stuff and I had looked, at, looked up some strategies. And honestly, the number one method that has been working the most has been referrals. 
when I tell my authors, hey, this person came to me because of you, so I'm going to go ahead and pay you for this referral, mm -hmm. that is like motivating. That's like extremely motivating. Um, I think, uh, who does that? Does Cash App do that? They have a $5 or, or, or you, you get someone to sign up for Cash App, they give you like five. They still do that? I th I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, like it's either five or 10 bucks now. They kind of go back and forth. 10 bucks? Oh my goodness. I'm about to. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a fortune now, I'm joking. But, it's, um, it's a harder sell than you think, though. Everybody that wants it already has it. Right, right. Well, and I was thinking more of like when they first started, because um, there was, I'm thinking about that point in time where you kind of heard about Cash App, but it wasn't boom. Um, right. but no, no, it, it, it is, it is, uh, fascinating how much that, that particular strategy of marketing works. Um, because then people feel inclined to say, Hey, check out 105 publishing. The post may say, Hey, I'm looking for, um, this one made me really happy. I'm looking for, um, a trustworthy publisher to help me self publish my book and, and get me out there a little bit more. Do you all know of anybody? We had like four people say jail rainer 105 publisher jail rainer 105 like it's it's truly truly uh yeah i mean every single time i see it i just smile <laughs> absolutely i'm going to give you another sneak peek this will probably get cut because this part's boring but i got a new business card that i'm so excited it should be showing up i think on monday but okay. talking about those good referrals no better yeah, way to yeah. get good referrals than to give out good marketing stuff yeah so the idea here is working with me is like make just like printing your own money as you would know <laughs> um, screen share get this out of my way so the idea well, here, like, like 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 you talked about that cash app how they you know how they have the cards wow. yeah. this here that looks like the master mastercard logo master marketer this qr code is going to take you to my website on the back here completely you know mimicked how, how yeah. a credit card would work customer service line all those things and then where the signatures wow. uh what's this say down here it's uh authorized to marketing. assist in marketing and content creation your little code 24 7 instead of a card number phone number <laughs> boom boom i can't wait for these fucking things to come <laughs> and that it's going to it's going to be printed on plastic it. it's not just going to be paper it's coming as plastic so you'll keep that in your wallet Wow, that's actually really dope. It really did you, is. did you see that somewhere before or um full disclosure, I was really high on my couch one night and I was looking at my credit card and I was like, you know what? I got an idea. And yeah. I I've sat there and I downloaded probably 10 or 12 different little templates and I couldn't make them work. And I told my wife, I was like, give me all of your credit cards right now. And she looks like, what? And I was like, I'm doing research, like have all my cards out of my wallet looking at, I'm trying to see like, what's the same on all of them, what's different. But yeah. again, that's where, and like you said, in order to sell your services, you put out good books. In order right. to sell my services, who has that advertising way? Currently, nobody. I'm looking forward to selling those to everybody. Customized with your own, you know, instead of marketing and content creation, publishing and editing, or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever thing. But to have that uniqueness when somebody says, "Oh, yeah, do you have a card?" Boom. You're not just going to throw that away if it's plastic. I'll keep this in yeah. my wallet. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. The same way that uh, you have a new thing 
on on its way out. Um, do we want to talk about uh, Rec or is it too yeah pending yeah, and, yeah. Uh, controversial? No, no, no. We could definitely talk about that. Um, what is Rec? Let everybody know. Yeah, so Rec stands for Rainer Effective Communications, and so the thought process came about when we helped our second incarcerated author bring their book to life. Um, his fiance um, lives out in the uh, Dayton, Ohio area. And so we helped both of them bring their book to life. And I thought to myself, man, it would be really, really amazing if many of those forgotten artists who are in our criminal justice system, if we could hear their voice like way more than we're used to, right? You'll have every now and then here and there, check out this author who's currently incarcerated, but not on a very large scale, okay? And so after thinking about that, I then thought about, well, what else can we do? What other groups can we help bring their books to life? And so I thought about people who have dyslexia or um, even people who are blind, like, how can we sit there and bring all three forms of publication to life? Then I looked up, okay, well, who can you use right now if you want to bring to life a print ebook and audiobook? And I couldn't find it. So REC is currently patent pending. And with REC, you'll be able with just one submission to bring all three forms of publication to life. That includes if you do not want to write your book, right? I've met people who say, I'm a better speaker than writer. Literally, you can speak your entire book using REC and we will still come out with the print and ebook version for you, right? Of course, it's a very time consuming process, but it's something that we're dedicated to. And it's something that no one has ever done before or wanted to do before at all. And so we're looking at developing an app as well. Um, for REC, right now, REC is available on the website. You'll see the REC um, when you check on the uh, different tabs that you can click on. Um, and so there's more information there, of course, that Colin put together. <laughs> I'm telling you like you didn't put it together. Um, but uh, there's more information on there. And it is our it is my next baby. It's all part of 105, but but REC is, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I didn't really put it together. You you put the idea together. I just kind of at least made the prototype for, for what's soon to come. And yeah. uh, I, I think it's, I, I would you agree with me that audiobooks are kind of the way of the future? Oh my goodness. Yes. One out of five Americans listen to audiobooks. I mean, you have people, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, Patricia, we were talking about her earlier. She prefers physical books. I prefer ebooks. And another author we just signed on only listens to audiobooks, right. right? So think about if you only came out with a print book. You have people like Patricia who are your audience, and you don't forgot about me and your other and the other author who I was speaking about. Let's say you only like ebooks and you come out with an ebook. You're attracting me, but what about the person who wants to physically hold your book or listen to you speak? And then you have the people who are just audiobooks, right? And unfortunately, a lot of authors don't come out with audiobooks. So if we just start from the get, let's come out with all three forms of publication. Don't, don't be traditional. Let's focus on all three. Mm-hmm. You didn't handle all three categories of uh, potential readers. I think that kind of goes back to the 
when we first talked on the, on our, your first episode, kind of that was the whole philosophy that I was trying to get through you of it with marketing. You know, you're like, how do, how do I market my book? Well, you talk a little bit about it. You do a little bit of video about it. You do some text about it. Just like you said, so that you hit, whether it's a, a audio learner or a, you know, you, you learn different ways. You'd like to be entertained different ways. So somebody that might not be interested in your book I'd much rather listen to your book. I'd rather hear you put your own inflection into it. I hate when people don't read their own books, but if they don't, you have a bunch of narrators for that. Like, and I, I get why people don't. It, I, it's still yeah. weird to hear my voice a hundred and some episodes into doing this, where you're like, do I sound like that? Wow, I was a dick to that guy. You know, like, so yeah. like you hear your voice and it's weird, but I, I think yeah. that you're onto something of taking away the, the barrier to entry of, oh, I, I don't really know what, to do i don't want to sit there and write a book writing a book is the hardest thing i've got 12 of them on my hard drive that are quarter finished or 10th <laughs> finished or you know you, you, yeah. you're like oh i got this idea but you're like wow taking a writing a book takes a long time where if you could kind yeah, of yes. do audio notes and refine those then maybe put it together mm-hmm. quickly. but um recording an audiobook what would you, be your top three pieces of advice for somebody that's going to be recording their first audiobook so number one Please do not think that you have to buy a 200 and something dollar microphone to get your audiobook going. That's number one. Because a lot of people will rush and say, oh, let me just buy whatever the heck this website who's probably getting paid by this company, little do you know, uh, to say that their microphone is the best. <laughs> right? Colin can help that. Um, <laughs> and so that's number one. Um, Number two, make sure that you find a quiet place in your home. And in my personal opinion, everyone has one. There's a lady who um, we're about to help bring her audiobook to life now. And she said, well, I, I live right by train tracks. That's fine. You're obviously not going to record while the train is coming, right? So take advantage, one, of that spot you and I just found out exists in your home. And two, make sure you don't continue to record when the train is coming, right? So find that quiet spot in your home. And number three, please, please, please give it your all. When you are recording your audiobook, you have to make the reader really, really want to listen. I've heard audiobooks where I'm listening to the dude's voice and I guess the whole audiobook played because I was sleeping after the first five minutes, right? Um, some people will just hire somebody and kind of like how you were saying, I was going to touch on that too. Some people will hire somebody because they either they just want to hire a professional narrator or they don't have the confidence to actually record their own book. Or the concept of I have five characters and you're telling me I have to not only create a different voice for those five characters, but then I have to remember who talks like what when we're recording, when I'm recording, how am I going to remember that, right? Which is actually not that hard to do when you love your book. Um, But love, we need to hear in your recording that you love your book because that energy is how it's going to not only get us going with this book, but then make us wonder when you're coming out with another one. I think with that, what, what would I add to that? I, you don't need the $200 microphone. 
it's not a bad investment. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. Because <laughs> there, 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 there is. If you want to just do, you know, like I'm doing right here with this one, I'm just doing a simple through the MacBook. Where if you were here, we'd have we'd be you know microphones here, microphone there, microphone everywhere. But mm -hmm. this is going to be used in different contexts than an audiobook. You you need to make sure the sound is good. If the sound is yes. horrible or you got Parker, in my case, running above me, or <laughs> running up and down stairs, it's inevitable. Every podcast, the, the one podcast we did with Jay, uh, Jonathan Torres, I had chickens in the background just chirping away. <laughs> I'm editing. I was like, what is that noise? I said, Ernest, that wasn't even on. It's like, oh, that's when we still had chickens in the basement. <laughs> but like, to, to make sure that it's you, what I was going to add to that was you don't have to do it if you're doing an audiobook. You, it, you don't have to do the whole thing in one take. You, you can, right. and, and I wouldn't not only not encourage not doing it in one take, but if you wanted to make a good one, the same way if you were going to do a manuscript, write your draft or read your draft, read it again, read it third time, and keep recording all these times and take what you like from chapter one, from one, two, three recordings, and then use that in information and make a great fourth or fifth, however many drafts. Because um, like yeah. you said, it's overwhelming to people. They think that you have to do it all in one sitting perfectly. Correct. It's not how professional ones get done. It's a hundred takes in a studio. It could take them a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. I My, my goal was to perfect and i hate using that word um ed my i'm not sure if you ever uh, heard of him but he's he's uh one of those um people those motivational people on youtube and um one of the things that he said that i always say is perfection is the lowest possible standard we do not strive for perfection we strive for our best um but when i recorded my audiobook i focused on one chapter at a time until I loved that chapter. And then I moved on to the next. So yes, that's a very good point. Please don't think if you have 10 chapters, you got to get five done today and the other five done tomorrow. It's definitely not necessary. And we, the listener, will be able to hear that you just want to get this done rather than actually taking your time to really, really uh, make sure you engaged us as your new reader. What would you say off of the people that you've personally worked with? What percentage have taken that written book and gone into a, an audiobook? That's a great question. Now with Rec, it's about to be all of them. <laughs> so before, some of them were talking about it, uh, but they never actually pushed to doing it. But then I let them know, hey, listen, like no one's going to tell, just like you said, no one's going to tell your story better than you. You have yet to read your book and I'm going to help you do it. Um, so it's about to be a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what about 105? Have we not covered in this little uh, insight on 105? You know, rec, rec is definitely the, uh, the, the newest, um, the newest thing that, that we're working on. Um, nothing that I can, I can think off the top of my head right now. Rec would have been the newest. And, uh, you mentioned you got some, uh, book shows in, in December. Any other yes. events you guys are going to, uh, anytime soon? Yes. Yeah, so, um, we, we are looking at potentially another event North of Dallas. Um, there was actually supposed to be an event in Atlanta, um, but it, in, um, in October, 
Uh, however, it was canceled um, due to, I guess, the rise in COVID numbers. I don't really watch the news, so I, I'm not sure how bad COVID is these days. But um, so the next one will be Dallas in December. And then next year, it'll be a whole new group of cities. Uh, we're looking at Los Angeles as a possibility. Um, we're looking at New York, um, looking at Chicago again, love going to Chicago for book festivals. Um, and we had a very, very good one in Philadelphia. Uh, this, this was uh, new for that particular part of Philadelphia. And that was a very successful book festival. So I see us being there again next year as well. I believe your number one insight for people with book shows is to bring candy, but what other uh, pieces of advice would you give to an author, publisher, anybody in the book business about uh, having a successful show? So in, in order, one, your books, right? <laughs> one, your books, two, a smile, and everything else comes after that. So you have, you have candy, you have uh, uh, pamphlets. Um, this one lady, her book was about trauma. And so she had pamphlets on what you should do in stressful situations, like uh, advice on um, how you can control whatever uh, may have triggered you emotionally, how, how to get yourself under control in that situation. Um, anything that relates to your book, you wanna have on the table so that they can have a takeaway to bring with them. And whatever that takeaway is, make sure that the website or a QR code to your book on Amazon or whatever platform is on there so that they can, bam, say, okay, this was actually great and I want to read more about it. So those are the main things. Um, I would definitely say invest in a retractable banner. Um, I love retractable banners. As a matter of fact, my most successful personally, this was before 105, my most successful book signing was in Pittsburgh. Uh, you and I talked about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland thing. I actually, Pittsburgh was okay. Pittsburgh was okay. Dirty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in Pittsburgh was the fact that the title of my first book is I used to be racist. I literally had people say, all I saw was the word racist on your banner. And I just walked over. Like I didn't even see what the other words were. And then I see you and it's like, whoa, we have got to talk. Um, so I am pro, pro, pro retractable banners. If you don't want to put your book on there, you can put a, a, a headshot of yourself along with your website or you holding your book or something like that. Retractable banners is how people meet you from afar before they meet you up close. So that is my, um, those would be the main things I'd say focus on for live events. And uh, live events kind of, like you said, kind of shut down right now still, at least by here, but hopefully they'll be coming back soon and people can get back out there. Um, what we didn't talk about is you have a podcast coming out. Um, yes. Hopefully you're releasing this soon. You said you've got a couple episodes in the bank. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, what to expect from the 105 podcast. Yes. So for our podcast, we're calling it the 105 Way Podcast. Um, and so we are going to be talking about numerous uh, things publishing related, as well as having authors come on the show. We're going to start with our own authors initially um, in our own 105 family. So I'm even going to have you on there um, as far as any type of marketing tips and things like that. Um, and then I want to venture out to, to other general topics, um, having uh, things like um, even even topics that 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 would be um, beneficial for authors in general, right? So, like one of the things that I 
really step in on is online bullying. Sometimes I'll see somebody put their book out and you'll have this troll attack them. And like, I'm always defending those people. So I'm, I mean, we're even going to do an episode on like online bullying, which has nothing to do with publishing. But I'm going to talk about, you know, where it came from, how to look out for those, um, those type of profiles. And even the people who I've spoken to where, uh, I, and I'm hearing this story too often, someone has given somebody $100, $300, $500 to start their illustrations, and then they never hear from the person again. And there's always a sign, and I'm sure you've seen this. If you ever go to some of these people's profiles, even if they say, James from Indianapolis, Indiana, there's always something about their profile that screams catfish. <laughs> so I want to touch on that too. How, you know, my biggest thing is if you're going to do business with somebody online, you need to at least see them slash hear them before you pull the trigger and decide I'm going to work with these people. So we'll talk about topics like that on the show. Um, and uh, I'm just looking forward to putting it out. It's going to be every Wednesday. Um, I haven't picked a time yet. I'm thinking every Wednesday about seven o'clock, right in the middle of the week. Uh, but of course, you know, that's up in the air as well as far as what the exact date is going to be um, or time time of the week, I, I should say. Um, we're thinking Wednesday right now. But we're thinking about getting it started in October. So I'd like to record two more episodes to make it a total of five. and. Um, and get it started. Well, let's uh, put it put it in the air. What's the first October Wednesday? First October Wednesday. Oh yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for my phone. I'm. I'm... <laughs> we, we know better than to tell you to do the technology part. I'm pulling up the calendar. <laughs> We've learned our lesson with that plenty of times before. All right, uh, first Wednesday. Uh, let's put it into the air. October 6th, you release your first podcast. That's the first October Wednesday in October. 6th. First podcast, October 6th. You heard it here first on Collins Conversations, where we make people do <laughs> things that are uncomfortable for their marketing. <laughs> um, any, any questions for me before we get off? I think we covered just about everything you got going. Any uh, marketing things you need from me real quick? Um, uh, let's see. Let me think. Let me think. So the referrals have been a blessing. Um, literally, I, I remember when you started the website, I was like diving and diving in groups for, for potential authors and trying to find people. And now it's literally been the relatives, friends, and this is interesting, had someone who just Googled publishing companies and somehow we just came up. I'm just like, this, this is fascinating. How the heck, you know, so now it's like getting away from Facebook. The uh, the Google things that would be your website and your marketing, good old SEO. <laughs> yeah, so I you know it's 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 slowly coming, and I I definitely have to. Um, it, it's at a pace that we can handle right now. Right. Um, I think I think that if I were to put into universe that I want two hundred people to say make my book now. I know we're not ready for that at this current moment. That's a bit too many. I'd have to hire quite a bit of people. Um, but right now it's, um, do, now do you agree with that as far as the, the main strategy that has been working, the referrals? Um, I think the real question, you, you kind of answered your own question is 
say, I don't know, you, you could handle what, five new books a week? Is that, is that relative? Is that too many? A week. <laughs> um, that would be 20. So like right now we're working on about uh, 18 books right now that are not out yet. So that is, that is manageable. Um, but the moment we get to 50, I'm going to be kind of like scratching my head, like, Ooh, I don't, I don't have that many editors. I'm going to have to read like 10 manuscripts. Um, the, the reason I'm trying to put a number on it is you want to do a balance of both. You, you, you want to go put the word out, like you were saying with either Facebook groups, or, um, I don't think you do too much with ads. I know we've talked about mm -hmm. it in the past, but I, Every very, very once in a while, I'll see a sponsored 105 something. Um, yeah. I would start, I know I gave you that packet and you, you look like you've got yes. a couple other similar things of testimonials. Um, mm -hmm. I would put a couple dollars behind each time you post a testimonial. Okay. Because okay. Um, again, you're getting, what are you getting? Um, at least let's just use your Instagram. You're averaging... 10 to 20 likes per post. Mm -hmm. um, then I go to Collins Conversations and on these, without anything sponsored, I'm getting 20 to 30, sometimes as low mm -hmm. as seven. Um, mm -hmm. So similar things to your organic numbers, but then when I put, mm -hmm. what's the last ad I ran? That would have been... Chantel Kanzani, I always say her last name wrong, Kazadi, uh, $4 got from 38 views to 2,237 views. Um, okay. The one below that, on, on average, um, and I'll put this on the screen, we're scrolling through the Collins conversations, um, mm -hmm. the one below that, again, 4 to $5, 2,000 views. 1780 views, 15. So for four to five dollars, I'm getting 2000 views instead of 30. Why is so that? How, yeah. So you target when you're running an ad like that, you target authors, self publishing, Amazon KDP, these different words that would relate to anybody that would be a potential client of yours. So mm -hmm. you put a testimonial of it was fantastic working with 105 Publishing. Uh, experience was, you know, met my expectations. And then some, um, ideally to start getting people to record their own voice um, with the testimonial, even if you okay. got to give some sort of incentive to get them to take that 10 seconds to do a, a voice note. Because while mm -hmm. text is one thing, put text in, in animation is another to have the actual person, whether it's a video or just audio, to have that author holding the physical copy of that book in hand, mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. what you guys did for them. Mm -hmm. I see that the same way that you said, if you're going to give somebody money online, you should at least see them from time to time. You should at least you know, <laughs> see that there's somebody that is, is real behind this. So if you see an advertising campaign of, what did I say? Five dollars. $5 a day is 150 bucks a month times two. that's 60 to 70,000 people, 60 to 70,000 views at $150 a month. Somebody in that group is going to be interested to, to look more. So you, you, yeah. you have that. And then you have, 
your funnel. So once your podcast mm -hmm. starts, you're using that as a lead generator, the same way I use this as a lead generator. Mm -hmm. you, you put a, a, you know, blah, 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 blah. They start listening. They're like, oh, marketing. Oh, editing. These guys have it all. I didn't even know that they did cover design. Let me see if yeah. I can get my cover redesigned. So like you yeah. can find the people, as long as you have enough content, which you've kind of started in the last year, really build up that database, both off of new books that you could promote, stuff that I've made for you, stuff you make for yourself. Find what works at one to five dollars. And if say post one, three, and seven, get 2000 views and post two, whatever the middle numbers are there, get half of that or double that you know that that one's doing something so run that one again run more money at that one or run the same amount for a month because think about that if, if, if you have a good post that then has a good caption a call to action and when you throw money behind it you have the ability to put that little sticker at the bottom learn more and you click that it goes yeah. right to your website any page of your website that you want they've already yeah. said that website has gotten you quite a bit of business from people that look at it and they're like wow these guys are professional. This is a good look. Or the one you said, somebody said it looked like the Gucci site. That's cool. I guess we're just selling handbags. I, <laughs> I don't know why they said Gucci. It was, they just thought it was, the, what were the exact words? Your, your website looks a bit too flashy. Kind of like you're trying to be like Gucci or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, we did too good. <laughs> but okay. the, the whole idea there is if, if, a dollar a day for five days gets 2,000 views, doing mm -hmm. that same thing every day for a month and kind of tweaking it every four or five days, you're going to generate a lot more stuff coming in and you either have time or you have money. So you're either going to go through these Facebook groups, which while we while you were talking, I was going, those are the worst fucking groups. Nobody knows how to sell anything. Nobody even knows oh. how to write a caption. Oh, my writers. goodness. I, I, I can't the do the hardest it. thing to see. It is, it is like, and you, you know, my personality, when I see something that's <laughs> trash, it's hard for me not to be like, what are you doing? Let me yeah. help you. And you yeah. can't help them. But if you, if instead of spending three hours fucking around through all these groups, spend three, four, five dollars a day, whatever, you know, what do you value 15 minutes of your time at? Put that same ad budget instead of going looking for the groups and just in, Instead of looking, pinpointing these things, just keep going through keywords of, you know, KDP, all these things that are related to it. Find which ones of these are working and shit will keep coming in. Yeah. That was a really long yeah. way to answer your question, but I, I think that makes sense to you. So I, what, what I'm going to do is I am going to, because even, and even with what you're, you know, doing that math for the, for the monthly, um, I mean, just the one author, oh, I can't remember who that was. We got one author from ads that we haven't done a lot of ads, like you said. We've got one author, and just that one author made up for the whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. For the whole ad. Uh, so we sit, we we mess around and get five authors out of the two thousand. I mean, <laughs> well, we're and like and really two, doing well. Um, another way to do this is, you know, the classic inner. I struggle to, I struggle as your guy to advise you on this. It's just something to bring for, for discussion is put together some sort of template, some PDF, you know, the top 10 things to, to do as an author, you know, some sort of, of value book or mm, audio okay, book okay. or file that you do a good animation for, you run an ad, mm -hmm. 
download this book, takes you to a form. You got to give your email address. It sends you the thing. We all yeah. hate those, but I sign up for fucking 10 of those a week, probably. Cause I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. Like all I got to do is give you my address. I'll, I'll wait to the first time you send me something. I'll hit unsubscribe, but I get to see what other people are creating to do my own research and get my own brains going on different marketing or advertising, whatever. Yeah. But you put together your own thing like that. You run that same ad campaign that I was just telling you about the same mm-hmm. you know, couple dollars here, switch it up. But then you're getting email addresses, which then take you to their what they take them to your website. You get to retain their information. You put that into some sort of CRM. I'm sure you guys got to have some way to keep track of, of customers and, and leads and things like that. So you then say if you put $100 down, even if you only got 10 email addresses, you gave away something for free. Took you a little bit of time to paste together some things or, you know, have me put something together for you. But they're getting something. You get their information every three, four, five weeks. You send them an email of, hey, new 105 book, new this, new that. So then eventually over time, they're going to see that you're doing things and then and then run it that way. But kind of a yeah. mix between okay. your testimonials, a new book. Um, I, I would work something into the pricing of since it's all about you helping. Um I don't think you'd lose too much money this way. You, you'll match, you know, say uh, Professor Ping. We'll use that as an mm-hmm. example, just because I actually read that book. One of the few 105 books I, that I've got the chance to read. <laughs> but um, so, say, so say you have Professor Ping. I think it just came out, is just coming out. You have that book and you make a deal to the to the author. 105 will match up to $100 in, in ad bonus. They send you $100, you put together a $200 ad campaign that ties you, that ties them, that's advertising both you and them at the same time. So that way, instead of $5 a day, you could go $10 a day or $1 ads, 10 different ones. So you could change that up in a bunch of ways, but that's just kind of backing the same way if if you were an employer, they match a 401k up to... X amount mm-hmm. per year or per paycheck. Mm-hmm. The same idea mm-hmm. of we're in this together. We want you to grow. We want us to grow. So, you know, right. if a hundred is too much, we'll match up to 50, 10, 20, whatever the number is. But if it's a, something that that way, if they want to get a little bit more out there, you want to get more out there, let's put our budgets together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's actually um, a good idea because I can, I can even incorporate that cost in there from the beginning exactly so where it looks like it's, yeah that makes complete sense it's, it's, um, it's not even a look like it's just a way to work it in there of <clears throat> not being a hassle it's already taken care of you know mm-hmm. if, if it was mm-hmm. 1900 it's even two grand and it comes with a hundred dollar bonus of us matching whatever yeah. yeah and would as far as the ad is concerned um what if we even then worked it out to like worked you in there? Where of it was we like... me in there. I was just listening to the Dave Hill podcast and he had uh, Chili from TLC on. And like every like 15 minutes, he's a comedian and a really good guitar player. And like every 15 yeah. minutes, he's like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, we'll go on tour and I'll play backup or blah, blah, blah. Like he kept working himself into the next TLC tour. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, whether you work me into it or we just get you a system of, of running it for it, it does get a little bit more complicated, but it'd be more complicated to run ads for 
individual authors like on their page because that's a pain in the ass like undoubtedly the most annoying one of the most annoying parts of what i do but for you as 105 to have your own ad account which you already do oh okay okay I and see. then you're yeah. posting the content of them so that way it's not getting permissions you're not intermingling mm. credit cards and things like that you're running the ad from your account which then gets you the the recognition they see the logo all the time but it's different authors i see i see so that way, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you kind of work that whatever that number is to the, the publishing point or just as an individual service, you know, if, if you've published with us at any time that you want to run something, we'll match it and figure out whatever the right numbers are for you. But that way it's coming from you. It's coming on your thing. So if you take their $25 that they put in, you put that on your credit card and that's attached to your Facebook ads. And then you run a $50 campaign if you're matching it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and I do want to get into running ads. Um, we, so Byron, he, he had a, 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 this is the guy who I was telling you about who had previous experience working for uh, Nike's marketing. I'm not sure if you remember me telling you about that a little while back. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, the, yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't really like the prick from the beginning. Um, <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of carried over. Cause I told him, I said, I get you have your guy, but I have my guy. We will give your guy an opportunity, but something tells me I'm, I don't like him now and I'm not going to like him in the end. Um, and so uh, one thing that you could help me with is getting him off of, uh, getting him um, off as a, uh, how I have you, how I had you on my author site. You were what, an admin? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, for, that's the first step. And the second step, um, <clears throat> how... My second, my, my next question was, how do we, because I didn't realize it was going to be this easy to obtain phone numbers and emails. I know it sounds kind of sinister, I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't sound, but like we actually have a, a decent, I don't know what you call it, but we have a, a decent sheet of, of contacts. So like, I know when I see emails, I kind of get irritated. Are, I mean, are there people who actually are like, oh, well, this is interesting. I'm going to open this up. Um. Yes and no. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get a, a price number for you real quick. Um, where in early 2000s, late 90s, email rates were like 90% open. They were great. I don't really do much with email at the moment. Um, okay. For that reason, a lot of people don't fuck with it. But yeah. Um, the difference there is if if you put the right headline and you're not spamming people, that's why nobody really opens those. Is you're like, what are you trying to sell me now? But if, if you're just kind of showing off what it is that you do, um, go for it. Um, I can't find a number, um, but the, the, main, um, the main answer to that question is you need one of the new texting apps, like a community is the one, the biggest one. Um, Gary V is, is into texting. He's the first, I'm not sure if you even know who Gary V is. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm a marketer that says fuck a lot. Of course, I know who Gary Vee is. <laughs> I was gonna get it, it. You seem like the type of person who would know who Gary Vee is, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a big fan, but um, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be community. I mean, there's a lot of other ones, and I believe it's not expensive, but not cheap. Um, mm-hmm. You could also do this by yourself with a little bit more legwork. All community does is it's a way to 
like a celebrity of business to have a line that people could text, they could text out. The nice thing about stuff like that is you could segment audiences. So if you're going to be in Philadelphia, you could only text the people in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, oh. things like that. But yeah. you can also, through your own phone, um, you know, you have a business phone number, you, you can yeah. use that business line and set up group messages the same way that people have like, you know, mom, sister, aunt all on a list you could have as many lists as you want and then just run it through your own phone if you don't want to pay for all the community things. Why you pay for them mm -hmm. is all the analytics and the ability to, through your computer, segment groups and things like that. Mm -hmm. But why not the number that you have for 105? Text me. Get directly to yeah. the owner. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not a, a big celebrity right now. Hopefully you are one day and it's, you know, hiring a thousand people and I got to hire people just to handle your account. You know, we'll get there. One there day. you go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but until then, you know, to do that same thing instead of email, Hey, put your phone number, put your email. And then the same way on your sites that we do now, how would you like to be contacted? You know, would you like to be contacted? Mm -hmm. No, you just want the free book. That's fine. Do you want us to talk and give you a free consultation? Let us know how text right mm -hmm. away. So like, Email might not open. It's like a 90 plus percent. The only reason why it's so high on your phone is if I don't open the text that you send, I got a fucking thing that says one forever until I open it. So they're going to at least clear <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. But that's something to think of too is, again, it's super easy to get a phone number or an email if you give a good graphic that says get, you know, this advice or get this opportunity, chance to win mm -hmm. a whole bunch of kids books or you, you could run that whatever way you want. But mm -hmm. take that, run an ad based off of the people you think would be um, obtainable as clients, and you have their information and use it however you want. Okay, I think I think the um, and when you have your podcast uh, too, that'd be a great time to introduce that. Of you know, uh, a lot of ones I've been listening to lately. The big podcast theme is at the end. They have mm -hmm. a special message for people at the end. Like I really like the Stevo podcast, uh, Wild Ride great podcast. Who would have thought Steve was one of the best podcasters out there. But at the end, he says like, you know, thank you for making it to the end. Screenshot this, do this. But that's where you're like, hey, did you like anything? Do you have questions? Text us right now. And they're like, oh shit, all right. Because nobody wants to talk, send an email or talk to you, but I'll send you a text. Great show. Or you right. want to know more about this. Right. So work, okay. work that into okay. the podcast thing and kind of get a system in place to handle information and store it so that mm -hmm. you know how to properly access it. Um, mm -hmm. But two, with the, you've now upgraded to Mac. So you could go through your Mac and do texting through here, which might make copy and pasting and things like that easier for, you know, yes. a more bulk message. Yeah, yeah. Um, Patricia has been making a lot of those uh, visuals that you've been thumb, thumbs up and you know that, I, I mean, you had to have known that I wasn't creating that. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do. She's probably using Canva, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, she. Um, I don't think she ever really used Canva like that before. Before 105, but Canva's fantastic. Canva even has a feature like Later. Found yeah, that out. I, I don't like it as much. I started using Later again for their free account. Um, Me too. Yeah, because you you can't beat it. There's not no better option for the Instagram bio than than Later. Um, okay. They've got way too expensive for all the plans I used to carry, but I'll still mm -hmm. use the free one. Just use eight different email yeah. addresses instead of one. What do you got to do? There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got but, um, time. I got time for one more question. You got any more? Uh, nothing I can think of right away, but I'll let you know. Absolutely. So let's end end the interview. Let everybody know uh, where to find you online and all those fun things. 
So you can find us at 105publishing.com. If you go to the very, very bottom, there will be not only an address, but a phone number as well. Uh, we serve the Austin area. And if you actually text 201-416-5004, you will get to myself directly. Um, if not me, then Patricia or another representative of 105, and we will get to you right away. And uh, we'll schedule your free consultation when you're ready. I've never seen advice be adapted that quickly. Congratulations. <laughs> We just just put that as a thing that you should start doing. You're like, I got this. 